Welcome to the Dirt, another episode on Mountain Bike Radio. Tonight we've got two promoters putting on some really cool races coming up. Uh, right now I've got T- Todd Sadow of Epic Rides, who puts on the uh, he's putting on the Grand Junction Off Road Race, which is uh, a follow up to his very popular Whiskey Off Road Race. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to have Perry uh, Jewett on, who puts on the Dakota 50. He'll be coming on in about 30 minutes. Uh, the show's an hour long tonight, so I hope you're you know hope you can listen to the whole thing. And thanks for listening in. So so Todd, uh, thanks for coming on. It's great having you. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> cool. So so you've got was this that, whole, was uh, that a awesome powers moment? Was that like a <laughs> allow myself to introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh so you like that whole British lady starting up early on? She's she's got a cool accent, huh? <laughs> yeah, she cool isn't necessarily the word I was going for. But yeah, she uh she's got an interesting accent. I I wonder if we can is there like an option button? Can we change it? Just make it like a bro bra bro person as well or <laughs> That would that would make it a little more entertaining. I I think that's something me and Ben are actually working on, is just switching that to a slightly different accent. <laughs> but hey, you know, it, it, it's you know, let's let's talk about your race a little bit. So you've got um you know, obviously you have a have had a lot of success with the whiskey off road. Um, you know, I've been there before, I think it's a great venue. Um I've had a lot of fun. Uh, you know what's what's this you know this new Grand Grand Junction off road race? Why did you decide to put it on? Where you know when's it happening and what's what's the plans with it? Is it very similar to similar setup to the whiskey? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you you nailed it. Except for it's in a completely different environment with a completely different experience. Okay. Uh, the so yeah, the the whiskey off road has been has been wonderful. Uh, we just celebrated our tenth year with it. And about five years ago, we decided we would try to design a platform or a model that we could take national. And, uh, and, and maybe if with any luck, that model would end up being the equivalent to the Ironman of mountain biking or the rock and roll marathon of mountain biking. And so Grand Junction is our first expansion venue of uh, hopefully many venues for the Epic Rides Off-Road Series. You know, the Off-Road, the, Grand, the Whiskey Off-Road, the Grand Junction Off-Road, the somewhere in the northwest off-road would be next. Um, so, so uh, yeah, as far as look and feel, people that have either participated in or read about or uh, heard about the whiskey off-road, uh, we, our intentions are very much to replicate that experience in Grand Junction. So, and, and, and Grand Junction has been awesome. We've been working on this for over a year now. And uh, and they've been really cooperative, and I was saying earlier that they're just really excited, and that's that's the part, like the energy, right? That's what makes the weekend the experience that it is. You know, they just they're wrapping themselves around the event. They want to show off their community. They want to show off their awesome trails, and uh, so uh, three days of riding and racing and partying and general shenanigans in downtown Grand Junction, and also. Uh, through awesome, you know, really, really welcomed cooperation from the Bureau of Land Management there. Uh, we're going to utilize the Lunch Loops Trail System, which already has a reputation that far precedes, uh, you know, uh, the, the western slope uh, of Colorado for mountain biking. And, um, and then also the Magellan Loop and uh, trails like Twist and Shout and Butter Knife. Like, we're getting access to ridiculous trails, like the cool stuff, the stuff that anybody on any given day wants to go ride. So it's it's an exciting exciting time for, for epic rides. It's an exciting time for for Grand Junction and, and mountain biking in general. I think. 
Nice. So you, know, you talk to me a little bit more about the setup. So it's you know the race is on August 30th and September 1st. Are you having this or through September 1st? Are you having a similar setup mm-hmm. to to the whiskey where you have um you know pros doing a a short short uh, I guess you'd call it a, um, a fat tire criterium and then um and then the re- amateurs race the next day and then the pros race the following day. Is that how you're setting it up? Uh, very similar to that. Yes, except we're adding and it's free. We're adding a, a clunker crit before the pros do their crit. Nice. So anybody that wants to can show up, sign a waiver, put on a helmet. They don't need gloves or sunglasses, but a helmet for sure and a bike. And can, then can you, they can – what? Can, can you race on any bike? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it has spooky dokies on it. <laughs> like, and some and some sparklers are those things that hang off the handlebars. Like we we want anybody and everybody, you know. Like whether it's like full family activity or uh, the person wearing the evil Knievel helmet, whatever it might be. Like everybody in the clunker crit, and they're going to run a couple of hot laps or maybe not so hot laps on the crit <laughs> course that the pros will then race on following that that uh, activity. And I, it starts at six uh, on Friday, and so that kind of. You know, we've got the whole expo, which we've already we've got over uh, two dozen vendors confirmed. You know, like Shimano and Scott and Kona will be there, and High Health is the the expo vendor. Like DT Swiss, there's a, a ton of them. There's tons of free stuff. But so that'll be going on from noon. Uh, the beginners will start at uh, uh, four o'clock, and then um, and then yeah, the crit goes at six, starting with the clunker crit. So should be a spectacle. And then the pros, uh, like we do in Prescott, 20 minutes plus three laps. Uh, the course doesn't have uh, the hill, like the treacherous hill in Prescott, but it does have, uh, I want to say, 10 turns in it and a beer garden on a corner on the eighth, on the eighth turn, just in case you wanted to be at a beer garden while watching the course. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it should be pretty high energy and, uh, and a fun drop into Grand Junction off-road weekend. Nice. So, you know, t- talk to me. Talk to me a little bit about you know, as a, obviously as a pro cyclist myself, I, I'm really uh, pulled to the the huge prize purse that was at the Whiskey Off Road. Uh, is that is there a similar setup for the Grand Junction too? Are you pulling up the same the same type of support for this also? Yeah, yeah. So if, for people that are familiar, the Whiskey started with a twenty thousand dollar purse uh, a few years ago, and we're with great cooperation, like I said, from the city, the supporting agencies, the you know, economic partnership, the downtown partnership, you know, convention visitor bureau, um, and also the U.S. Bank is the presenting sponsor. We're we're capped at 600 riders in the first year, so to pull off a three-day production with free live music all day Saturday, headlined by Cracker, by the way, um, that's like we're you know we're we're chasing it, and it, it's a heck of a you know production as far as budget-wise. So having people like U.S. Bank involved really make it possible and that's where you know a twenty thousand dollar cash purse to open open the event up with is uh it's favorable we're gonna go 10 deep uh first place will take, take home four thousand dollars tenth place takes home 200 um and then consistent with the whiskey off-road all finishers whether they're riding the 15 the 30 or the 40 uh grand honoring grand junction grand is a mile uh <laughs> everybody gets a a wine glass custom wine glass as finishers as the distance they did and of course, Grand Junction is like the heart of Colorado's wine country. So, kind of like whiskey off-road in a pint glass. Um, <laughs> yeah, Grand Junction, a wine glass. Nice, nice. So you you talked to me. You mentioned so you have three options for racers: uh, fifteen, a thirty, and and a fifty, right? Forty. A thirty and forty. 
So, so yeah. what? Um, is that? Uh, it, obviously, that's open for all amateurs and the pros. I'm guessing are racing the 40, and then everyone else has a choice between those three lengths. What's um, you know, what would you advise for exactly. people deciding on on a length? Yeah. So one of our our big initiatives, as far as the advice and what to pick, uh, just depends on how much you want to suffer. Um, yeah, the, the 50 in Prescott is is hard. No one would deny it. The 25 is also challenging, and the and the 15, which is really 19, is also just as challenging. So the objective for for our events, regardless of the distance people choose, is that if you can finish that distance you signed up for, and you can earn that wine glass or that pint glass or whatever it might be, um, then you're a legitimate mountain biker, because this is legitimate trails. Like I mentioned, the lunch loops or twist and shout or. Butterknife Twist and Shout is a double track, but you got to be on your game. You know, it's still got incredible flow to it, and it's still selective double track, basically. You know, um, all rideable, but well, there's moments, you know, where you're gonna have to get off and walk, depending on who you are. I mean, even the pros walk in Prescott. You know, so same thing's gonna be, <laughs> same thing will happen in Grand Junction. The 40 is is awesome. It's incredible. Just looking at the the overview of the course. Um, Starts downtown, there's a couple miles of pavement to get to the dirt at the Lunch Loops Trailhead. Uh, up the gut, up the Tabawatch, uh, which isn't something the locals do a lot, but uh, just because it's a bit of a climb. <laughs> but um, some fun features in it along the way. And then uh, ride the Connector Trail up to the first aid station. Um, drop in a twist and shout after a little bit of pavement to connect the two. Um, twist and shout runs over to uh, Butterknife. Butterknife is probably the signature trail of the whole event. Um, just righteous single track, super flowy, definitely has every element of, of riding in it. Uh, will challenge, you know, the, the best and uh, most beginner person to different levels, you know. Um, and then the 30s at that point, the 30 grand, they'll, they'll head back up a double track climb or dirt road climb uh, to, to, you know, sort of split the course in half. The 40s go out on Windmill, Windmill Road or Magellan Loop. And um, and it's predominantly dirt road. It's got some stiff climbs in it. It's got some longer, like five, six mile climbs, which almost doesn't compare to the 16 mile or 14 mile climb in the whiskey. But but it still brings an element of challenge to it. Um, another another huge feature in uh, the Grand, the 40 Grand, is dropping in a rough canyon and then climbing out of it. The drop in is like two miles, and it might if you're on your game and you can really let it hang out, like. You might be able to cover two miles in like 10 minutes, you know. I mean, it's just, it's wicked. It's double track. It's burned out in the corners. It's definitely loose at times, definitely rocky at times, but it's also buff at times. And nice. then once it bottoms out, there's like a, a mile and a half slick rock climb that, I mean, it's steep as steep as it gets, but you know, it's a mile and a half after you're gaining all the elevation you just lost on the other side of the canyon. But but it's slick rock, so it's porous. You know, you're going to probably blow through a, a tire in the process, <laughs> but you stick to it, you know. So, 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 what, so it's really uh, cool. The, what's that? So, what, what, uh, what kind of bike would you recommend if people, you know, for the more serious guys who have more than one bike, or people just have money for a new, <laughs> more than one bike? What, what kind of bike are you talking about? Any, any tire selection too that you think would be? I mean, do you need a bomb-proof tire, or can you get away with something pretty light uh, on the course? You know, there's some rocks, so I would go with something that has a you know, like a a reinforced sidewall. Um, tire selection is tough. You know, like I've been Epic Rise has been we've been producing events for 15 years, and people say what tire, and I, it's really it's all riding style. It's what you prefer. I would, you know, personally, I like a rounded knob, a rounded soft knob, because yeah, I think it's a faster tire. 
And I would say you know, something with a reinforced sidewall and um, and uh, a decent tread to it. Like, you don't want to slick. You know, that's mm-hmm. probably not appropriate out there. <laughs> but I don't know that you need some, like, bomber downhill thing with, like, big, huge lugs on it and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. Some sort of middle-of-the-road tread, yeah. As far as bikes, uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to have full suspension. Um, I don't think you need to show up with a, a full-blown trail bike. Uh, but if you're not in a hurry, then it would probably make it more of a comfortable ride. Um, I I ride a hardtail, and in my pre-rides on the course, I've enjoyed it. I think you can whip it around a little bit easier. Uh, and there's definitely technical features, like like little step-ups, things like that, where you know being able to hop the back wheel up or or sort of finesse it um, without without dealing with the travel, you know, and, and so forth on on rear suspension has got its merits yeah. too. Um, but that's, that's maybe one of the, on a personal level, one of the most exciting parts about producing this event is this is, this is the first time we've added a new event in in quite a while. You know, the last new event was the Whiskey Off-Road 10 years ago, I guess. Uh, okay. You know, so so getting all the feedback we're going to get from this first year, which is one of the reasons we kept it, you know, we kept it at 600, is to keep it small, keep it intimate. Um, have better quality interaction with our participants, with our attendees, understand where it is that we can improve, uh, what it is that we can you know, we can fine-tune or, or just change drastically, whatever it is, so that as we build the event, our, our goal is to see this thing go to, you know, to be the size of the whiskey off-road in about five years. You know, it's not necessarily like rapid growth, but it's it's something to keep our arms around at all times. Cool. So, so good questions. I don't necessarily so, have great answers. <laughs> no, no, you're doing you're doing great. Um, you know, next question I got for you. So, so you talked about you know, based off your description of the terrain, which which uh, for anyone listening, you can go to www.epicrides.com to find all this information down uh, some more. And you actually got some videos. It looks like on your on your course information. Are those uh those probably are talking about or looking over exactly what you're talking about? I'm guessing because I see some slick rock there, right? Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, Todd? that's those, yeah those videos. If you click on our Vimeo tab. At the at the web page or go to our Facebook page, um, we've been pushing those videos out weekly, and we'll continue to between now and the event. And they're a good look at what the course looks like. Nice, nice, good. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about. Um, you mentioned an epic rise off road series. You know, that's pretty intriguing to the guy like myself. I think you you put on an excellent race. I'm really anxious to see how this one comes around. Um, and then you talk about possibly putting on more. What is your, you know, what's your time frame for that? Are we talking about possibility for next year to have another one, or are we talking ten years from now, five years from now? What's um, uh, is there, you know, what's the general outlook with your with the series you're thinking about? You know, our goal is to get to five to six events nationally, uh, with events in each region, um, all the events having a similar whiskey off road. Uh, Grand Junction Off-Road-esque appearance. So big cash push for the pros, um, big expo for the whole community and for everyone to come and attend, whether whether they're riding or just curious about mountain biking or just really like live music and want to check out a bike expo while they're there, you know. Um, and then awards for everybody, like really cultivating the beginner side, the bloodline of the sport, and the female side right now, it's we're having great success in Grand Junction. We're over 20% female, which is almost unheard of for mountain bike events. Um, so uh, that said, with success in Grand Junction, then we'll see a rollout of other events throughout the country. Um, timeline, it's, it's hard, to, hard to tell. These, you know, I mentioned how excited Grand Junction is and the support from people like U.S. Bank that are very influential in the community. 
and uh, do a lot for the community. And having, there's a tremendous amount of permitting and I hate to say it, but politics that go into making this thing happen. And, uh, and so, you know, shutting down roads, like basically the main road, you know, Main Avenue or Whiskey Row, you know, <laughs> these, are, these are major, major arteries for communities where they rely heavily on the traffic and the people traffic and the commerce that happen there. So for us to get access to them, it takes time. Yeah, I mentioned we've been working with Grand Junction for over a year to, to actually produce this event in a few weeks on Labor Day weekend. So the timeline in a perfect world, uh, in four years, we would be at you know, five to six events. Is that really what's going to happen? Nah, let's play it out and see what happens. We're going to give it our best. I know that much. Good, good. Well, like I said, I really, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing more and more of these come out and, and really anticipating you know, a solid, solid race in a few weeks over there. Um, you know, unfortunately, I was, I'm not able to make it myself this year, but I'm sure I'll I'll be watching and seeing what comes up with it. Because, as I mentioned, I went to the whiskey last year, and it's just it's such a cool venue. You know, you've got all these spectators watching the pros race, which is really cool. These spectators are nice. We don't get too much of them at some races. Uh, and, and then just the whole venue, the whole atmosphere. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's hanging out with their families. You've got vendors all over the place. It feels kind of like a uh, like a smaller sea otter, as I guess, I guess is the best way to put it. Sea otter is gigantic with hundreds of events going on, whereas you guys are just one event and everything's happening very centrally and you can get around and pretty much get everything you need right there, um, including, which goes up to my next question, what, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, things to do around the area, are there good restaurants and things and what, you know, what kind of places are that are staying nearby and what, you know, what should someone be looking for when they first get there in terms of, um, you know, nice nice things to do when, when they're waiting for the race? Well, before they arrive, they should go to our website and check out our accommodations page. Um, the downtown hotels, there's three hotels. There's a uh, Spring Hill Suites, a Hampton Inn, and a Fairfield Inn, which all have pretty nice rooms and are you know, decent quality, like good quality places to stay. And they're giving everybody, all the riders, a discount to stay at their, their properties. Their properties, all three of them are literally... You could, you don't even have to huck it. You could just like kick a rock to the start line from their from their accommodations, which is perfect. You know, the pro rider meeting is in the is in the is on the first floor in the in the conference area of the Spring Hill Suites. Um, so it gives everybody an opportunity to show up to town and park their car and not have to drive their car until they leave again on Sunday or Monday at the end of the weekend. Uh, and then, what else to expect? Um, uh, the we're the the event hub, which DT Swiss is local to Grand Junction. There's a, there's a few there's a handful of stellar mountain bike companies that are in Grand Junction. So, uh, and for people you know, that are unfamiliar, the Western Slope is Grand Junction, Palisade, Fruta. You know, a lot of really good riding destinations. Um, so DT Swiss is sponsoring the event hub, and uh, from third to fifth is completely closed on Main for three days. So people can peruse the area look at a bunch of different vendors in the expo. Um, Rock Slide Brewery is going to be our uh, beer in the beer garden, beer of choice. And uh, there's a few different bike shops, uh, Brown Cycles, Ruby Canyon Cycles, Grassroots Cycles, um, all within downtown. So if people want to ship their bike and fly into the airport, they can do that. Uh, and again, they can shuttle from the airport, they don't have to rent a car at all, and then walk over to the shop, pick up your bike, pick up any last second needs and then go ride your heart out, you know? Um, 
really, really good restaurants, and I don't know the names off the top of my head, but there's really quality, like, like good quality Italian, good quality French. Um, there's Nepalese food. There, you know, there's, there's a whole retail mix. It's kind of like Prescott, where you're submerged in this localized culture. You're not going to find a Starbucks. It's not really <laughs> their deal, but you're going to find a great local bagel you know, with good coffee. There's a few different roasteries. Like, it's a cool scene. It's, it's, it's neat. You know, as far as, like, in an ideal world, you either live at the trailhead or you live really close to it. And the lunch loops are the lunch loops because you can go there on your lunch hour and go ride. It's, that's how close it is to downtown. Nice. So something that caught my uh, attention while you're talking there is you mentioned, um, you know, something I always think is, you know, helps a lot with um, with races is convenient, the convenience, the conveniency of getting your bike there and getting to the hotel and everything. You mentioned something about there's gonna, it's pretty easy to get a shuttle all the way to your shuttle to where you're staying, and then also uh, getting your bike there, just calling up a bike shop. You know, is that what you recommend people do? Is that one of the easiest ways to do it? Just call up a local bike shop, get your bike sent there uh, for people looking to ship their bikes, and then also just get a shuttle from the airport over to your hotel. Is that an, yeah, an easy exactly. way to do things? Okay. Okay. Cool. Simple as that. You know, bring if if you don't own your own bike box, then bring your bike to your local shop. Call up Ryan or Chris at Brown Cycles or Ruby, or I guess Ryan at Ruby Canyon or Chris at Brown Cycles. And say, hey, I'm coming in for the Grand Junction off-road. What do I need to do? They're going to give you their mailing address. They're going to give you a price. You're going to ship it to them. You're going to show up, and your bike's built and ready to go. You know? Nice. If you nice. needed the rear derailleur tuned, then it might be worth mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much everyone. <laughs> How many people do we know that ride their bikes and their rear derailleurs hopping around or, you know, whatever? There's those little things, but it's ride day. You might as well get it dialed in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one of the you know, that's you know, as a, a coach and rider myself too, that's one of the my biggest pet peeves for, for other riders. You know, luckily now I have a team mechanic that does it for me, but you know, if you're getting ready for a race like this, you're already spending the money to get to the race, you might as well go to a bike shop either before you go or probably better actually once you get there. So when it when it comes out of the box they can build it for you and then check yeah. it over for you. I mean it's no the last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is get into a forty mile race where you don't even know where you are and, and then have an issue like that. It's not fun. Um, in fact, you know, talking yeah. about that, I took a, I took a really bad crash in the whiskey and got a, uh, on the, on that downhill there and got a, I get my own experience there and hiked, hiked for four miles downhill. So I don't recommend it. Uh, try to make sure your bike's working. <laughs> it's not very much fun. I can four miles downhill and then try to find a ride. You don't home. go for trail runs? No. You don't go for trail runs in your mountain. Hey, yeah, and you know, of course, that happened to be, you know, I was right at the, you know, forest point away, and had to hitch a ride with some random guy in the back of his truck. That was pretty interesting in spandex and torn up, you know, torn up arms and stuff. Hey, can I get a ride? Hashtag <laughs> awkward. Yeah. So, so recommendation: uh, make sure your bike's working, and don't, you know, don't take a crash in the middle of the course either. It's not not recommended. Um, but yeah, good. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, yeah. um, so something that something that's really important that I want to I want to point out. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but we're we're something. Uh, our cash purse, the twenty thousand dollars, is split equally fifty fifty, male female, and and it seems like it's becoming more common, which is exciting to see. Uh, but it's still sort of rare that you see equal cash purses, equal payout. Um, and we've also had other initiatives. You know, the wine glass, uh, we hope, appeals to just as many uh, men as women, but we we have a, we sense that it might be more popular amongst the women. Um, but the event right now, our amateur rinks are over 20% female at the Grand Junction Off-Road. Um, that's a 
that's a, I think the average in the industry is usually about eight. <laughs> like it's, we're over 20. I'm not saying 20. I'm, we're, we're like between 20 and 25% female. Um, we're, we've got a great dialogue going with the, uh, the, be, the, the girls that organize the Betty Bike Bash. Uh, they're going to be there with a the women's lounge in the expo. So, uh, you know, women are welcome to go hang out with them. Uh, of course, the Stan's No Tubes women's team will be there in full force which would be cool to see because that means there's some team tactics that they can play out across the whole, the whole course. Um, we've got some notables like Pua and, and you know, Pua from Show Air. Chloe uh, Woodruff just let us know that she's planning on it. Teal Stetson Lee from Luna, she'll be there. Um, so there's a huge female uh, component to the event, and, um, and we really want to encourage as many females as possible to come out, experience it. Um, you know, if they're beginners, come ride the 15 grand, have fun. Uh, or just come hang out and see what it's like and interact with everybody at the event and, and see if mountain biking is a is a pastime that they're interested in, you know? Peter, talking a little bit more about that is, you know, what's, um, we talked about the course a little bit. For something, if if, uh, if someone's coming into the course and it's and they want to do, you know, they're pretty new to the sport, you know, sometimes some of the courses can be pretty intimidating for, for especially for someone who's just doing a, a loop that, you know, it's a one loop. What, what are we looking for, like, in terms of uh, technical, technicality in terms of like the 15 for example or even the 30 how um how hard are they in terms of technical skills they, they, or how how much technical skills you need to ride that stuff is it pretty easy for the most part or what are we talking about no no it's not easy yeah. um sorry you do need to be it's good to be straightforward that way people know what they're getting into you know this it's awesome yeah. riding in that area I, I used to live in durango and been over there um, but you know, as I think anyone that's going into a race should be well prepared for what they're coming into, and um, be honest, right. why I ask you the question? There's there's definitely a half dozen on the 15 grand, and it's a solid 15. I know in Prescott we say it's 15, it's 19, and we'll discuss that more in the future. But um, as far as uh, as far as the 15 grand, it's a solid, it's a real 15, and it's a solid 15. I would say that uh, there's one, two, three. Yeah, there's a half dozen spots where people might have to get off and walk. And, you know, that, that could be anything from literally stepping down a ledge that might be a couple feet high or, you know, or a couple, like, couple ledges in a row or steps. Um, and then the drop-in into Andy's, Andy's trail, Andy's loop, it kind of goes back and forth, but it's not a loop, so it's trail, Andy's trail. Um, that might be, you know, a 50-yard walk uh, to get through the Andes section. Um, but it's important for people to understand, like, if they are going to get off their bike and walk, the odds of them being with someone else that's also getting off their bike and walking at that point are really, really good. And the bonding and the, the camaraderie and the conversations that come from that environment are priceless. Those are some of the best parts of the whole experience. So as a beginner... Sure, it's important to have an understanding of what you're going into and knowing that there's going to be a very likely scenario that they'll get off and walk a little bit. But more importantly, just go into it with an open mind and ready for, ready for adventure and the only goal being to finish. And if they finish, we'll be there waiting for them, wine glass in hand, beer garden right next door with wine being served also with local wines and local beers. Uh, so that's... You know, yeah, like I said, none of these are easy. We're not going to just hand it to anybody, you know? The, the goodie bag comes with your registration. The wine glass comes with finishing. Nice. 
Well, I, I think you hit that on the dot too. I actually just wrote a blog recently on on um, you know similar approach to how I personally think you know I do the sport not because I really love the racing, it's because I love the experience behind it. Um, and you, you you hit that right on the spot there where. You know whether it's on the trails talking to people while you're racing, or or afterwards, you know what you're getting that glass and experiencing the um, you know thrill of finishing the race, or even before, just going with everything going on. You know I think that's why your events are so successful. It's just because they're so much fun, not just around the racing part, which is actually normally not fun, especially for us pros. It hurts. Uh, you all much happier when I get to the finish line. I'm happy when I get to the finish line. I get a beer and I get relaxed and talk to my teammates about the race or. You know, find out about someone who crashed, which was me that last time, and uh, you know, and, and talk. It's just, it's just fun. So, so I think you got an awesome thing going on, um, Todd. Is there anything else you wanted to, you know, bring up before, before I bring on Perry and talk about his race a little more? Um, just really quickly, um, a huge, a really, really big thank you uh, to anybody in Grand Junction that's listening for for welcoming us into their community. Um, Dave Grossman, our event manager, lives there locally. He's doing a, a stellar job of, of building this event and tying all the pieces together. There's so many moving pieces, and to watch him do this, it's it's you know almost methodical at times, and it's it's been you know fun to work with everybody there. We're we're we're, we're coming in hot to Labor Day weekend, and we look forward to uh, seeing everybody at the start line, um, at the at the concert all day on Saturday, and if not all day, at least at Cracker headlining the show, and. Um, and yeah, we'll all look forward to reporting back. Nice. Well, it, it's uh, you know, thanks again for coming on, Todd. It's uh, great talking about your race. I think you've got an awesome thing going on. Um, for anyone interested in finding out more information about his race, you can go to his website www.epicrides.com, or you can find him on Facebook. Uh, what's your Facebook name for for this? Is it Epic Rides? Uh, so we have we have yeah we have one we have they're kind of um, they're they're split up. Epic Rides has its own page, so if you search Epic Rides, you'll get there. Um, or the Grand Junction Off-Road presented by U.S. Bank. There's also nice. a page there. So nice. we, we cross-pollinate, so people can like one or both. Uh, we certainly encourage them to like the, the Grand Junction Off-Road. That way they're they're in the loop on everything that goes out as far as information goes. Good, good. So so if you are looking to do the race, I, I highly recommend getting you know, this Facebook, looking at the Facebook parts, because he did mention that he's putting up videos on the course there. So it would be, uh, you know, I highly recommend going over there and taking a look at it. Uh, you know, the race is from the 30th of this month to the 1st. It's a three-day event. Go check it out. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Todd. Great having you. Uh, and, you know, look, good luck with the race. Thanks, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, have, have a good one, Todd. Thanks again. All right. Bye. So I'm um, bringing on Perry now. Perry, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Perry. Let, hey, me, let me do a quick... Let me do a quick introduction, and then we'll get you going right again. So, again, this is The Dirt uh, on Mountain Bike Radio presented by Pro Gold. Uh, earlier we talked to Todd Sadow about his Epic Rides race, and now we've got Perry Jewett. Is that is that how you pronounce your last name, Perry? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, I was looking at it, and I'm like, I asked Todd before the show. I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm going to go for it and just ask him if it's the right name or not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always tough at times before talking to people. But, you know, Perry, I did you – know, it's interesting we got you on the show because last year I think I actually met you at at the Tatanka 100. Um, you know, I, you talked about the Dakota 5.0, and so did um, I. Actually, talked to James Meyer, uh, Jim, who who um, you know used to he's the one who developed core power meters. So he told me about it, and there everyone there was telling me you got to do Dakota 5.0, you got to do Dakota 5.0. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to do it last year. I was thinking about doing it this year, but unfortunately I went into a super over trading mode and finally coming out of it. So. So I'm not going to make it this year again, but 
but it's good to have you on the Bummer. show. What? A, it, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I'm pretty bummed out because you guys got some pretty cool things, pretty cool prizes, including, including I think, I think last year you had a cork power meter, didn't you? Are you still doing that cork power meter for whoever yes. wins? Yes, Cork is a local company, and they're on board uh, big time, and we'll be giving uh, Cork Power Meter to the fastest man and fastest woman, along with uh, cash prizes. That's a nice feature to have uh, Cork right here in town. They've teamed up with SRAM, and, of course, Jim Myers, the president of Cork, and uh, supports our race hugely. Nice. So, so talk to me about a little bit more about your race. It's in, you know, first of all, it isn't for anyone listening in. Uh, I believe it is in, or actually, you can find more information first at Dakota Five O spelled out dot com. Uh, again, that's Dakota with a, a K D A K O T A F I V E O dot com. Uh, so check it out there. You can find more information there if you're planning to head to the race. Um, but you know, let's talk a little bit more about it. it, it you know, it's the 13th annual Dakota Five O. So obviously, you've had a lot of uh, experience with the race and it's gone well to have it on that long. Uh, it's based off out of, out of Spearfish, South Dakota, and as I mentioned, I went to the Tonka 100 last year, and it's actually you know Spearfish is only a little ways down from um, you know one of the biggest national monuments in the area, the uh, the Mount Rushmore. So that pretty is cool correct. Yep. Yeah, it's and that's part of the reason I did the race last year. Are, are you guys now? Is a single track that you're including in this race part of um, you know some of the stuff in the Black Hills? Is that is that where this race oh, is yeah. held? Oh, yeah. It's okay. entirely on the Black Hills uh, National Forest, and it's on the northern tip of the Black Hills National Forest here in Spearfish. Um, we're really close to the Wyoming line. I always say one wrong turn, and you might end up in Wyoming. So uh, keep your eyes on the markers. We're not too far from there. So that's kind of where we're at. Okay. And, uh, and it's a it's a 50-mile race, right? Is that and is that mainly, are we talking mainly single track or combination of single track and fire road? And, you know, what's the typical time time finishing times for the men and women? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's a Dakota 5.0. It's a 50-mile uh, mountain bike, mostly single track, hand-groomed, built by mountain bikers uh, kind of trail. Um, it links up different forest service trails with some hand-groomed stuff we did, you know, 15, 20 years ago you know, cow trails, deer trails that we kicked into some good flowing single track that links up different forest service trail systems up here out of Spearfish. It uh, it starts and ends in uh, Spearfish with a uh, neutral rollout, about a three-mile gravel climb until you hit single track. And uh, it's uh, pretty much an entirely loop. It's a lollipop. There's a little out and back, but about 40 miles of it's a loop. And uh, it climbs 7,000 feet and winds through the northern hills here. It's up uh, on the rim of a little uh, Spearfish Canyon. So you get a lot of canyon views and uh, just a whole variety of different trail types, fast and smooth, rocky, um, through aspen sands and ponderosa pines, grass up to your knees and flowers. And it's all well-groomed. We've spent about 200 hours since July hand-grooming a lot of the trails and uh, a lot of it's the uh, trail that we just built as a club and uh, as local riders that uh, the Forest Service is getting ready to make into a uh, system trail. It's gotten quite popular over the years. Um, Bike magazines featured it as one of their favorite mag- uh, trails, and and different folks have uh, been coming to town, and they're kind of wondering how to follow it. And so this is a good weekend to come out. It's all marked and uh, climbs, like I said, 7,000 feet. and puts a hurting on it. I always say our motto is uh, 
Labor Day weekend. We've always done it the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, and putting the labor back in Labor Day weekend is uh, part of our model. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty tough one. And nice. uh, it's come a long way, as you know, from 13 years ago. It's it's uh, I never really expected to do it for this long, but it's really growing, and the people keep coming back and feeding us good info. You know, it started out with 89 riders in 2001, and uh, this year we sold out April 1st with 650 signing up in an hour and a half, and uh, it's uh, become uh, it's become a big job <laughs> putting it so- on, and uh, we really enjoy it. So you said the uh, the race as of right now is sold out. Is there any way for people who want to get in to get onto a um, uh, a list of some sort that might allow them to get in if someone bails out, or is there any opportunity like that? Well, we had a waiting list and that filled up in a short time. And um, at this point, no, it's full. We uh, it's a self-imposed cap. Uh, we've never been uh, imposed by the Forest Service to do so. We just kind of self-regulate it and want to keep the experience good. So we kind of moderate there. We use uh, four waves to keep uh, the riders dispersed. And uh, we got the pros, the Joes, the Schmoes, and the who knows classes heading out in, uh, <laughs> in half an hour increments. So we keep it kind of simple, and um, and it seems to appeal to the pros and the Joes. You know, uh, the top riders get good cash, and the guys in the back uh, get uh, beer and food at the end and uh, pat on the back and we have a huge prize table that we're uh, renowned for a great after party with local music and uh, it really kicks a good really good venue i think has been a lot of the success spearfish embraces it and uh, it's a small community with a campground right next to the start finish area with uh, lots lots to offer Nice. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about what's going on other than the race. You mentioned some beer and some other, sounded like some other activities after the race. You got anything going on the day before and, and you know, during or even, as you mentioned, after the race that uh, people would be interested in and want to know about? Um, well, this seems like over the, we don't have a lot, to, we don't have a lot of organized late rides. There's uh, people that have become familiar with the event and embrace it that has a lot of group rides going on. Of course, the course is marked and, uh, there's people out pre-riding certain sections. There's uh, the registration on Saturday, packet pickup. Um, there's some vendors out front and, uh, you know, people hanging out and milling around in the park. It's right next door with the Spearfish Creek. I think some of the riders from Iowa have a annual boat race, build your own boat and race your boat down the creek. And, uh, you know, it used to be a big party back in the early days, and now it's kind of turned into a more of a race, so people are a little bit more keyed down on Saturday, kind of preparing for uh, the event. You know, back in the day, they used to go around and uh, and uh, go to the Salvation Army and get costumes and such, and uh, now it's a little bit more racy. We have the Minneapolis Mafia supporting it for many years, uh, a hardcore group of single speeders out of Minneapolis, and... Uh, it's and now we got the Colorado range coming in wanting to gobble up some of our cash. So it's uh, turned into a little bit more of a race. Nice. Well, I like racing, you know, I'm a pro racer myself and I I've, I've heard really good things about it. So it's um yeah, you know, the talk of 100 the the trails there were awesome. I was so happy I was able to you know, I jump into that race pretty last minute, but was really happy I did because um you know, the trails there were yeah, I I'd compare them uh, very similar to what I would call epic single track at in high country, like in Colorado, but you're not quite as high up, so you can actually breathe. You know, you're not at 11,000 feet. I think you're at what, like six or seven? I think when you get to the top, is that about yeah. right? 
from okay. the highest peaks around seven. We'll, we'll be racing around six, between four and six on the Dakota Five O. But nice. yeah, getting back up. I mean, the whole Black Hills are uh, uh, just an oasis of mountain biking. I, I always say, uh, throw your hand out and do the Hawaiian hang loose thing. That's about how wide our uh, our trails are with flowers and grass. So they're they're narrow and um, kind of old school cross country trails, but they they definitely have appeal to uh, backcountry riding. They're kind of destination trails. They're not meandering. You're, you're actually out there going places and and seeing things instead of riding in a small area. So it's uh, it does give them the epic feel. Nice. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about. You mentioned it's a lollipop loop. What kind of, you know, what kind of setup you guys have on aid stations? Uh, how often are they, and what what do you got at each aid station in terms of uh, nutrition and, and that sort of thing? We 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 supply the riders with uh, aid stations about every ten miles. So uh, there's four aid stations out there. Um, we have we offer the Hammer Nutrition products, fruit peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, chips, potatoes. It's it's quite a smorgasbord, to say the least. Uh, we've never had any complaints and uh, lots of compliments on it. We have our fruit on ice and uh, peeled and ready for riders. So there's water, hammer nutrition products, like I said, the heat and uh, such. So really, riders don't need to uh, to be carrying much with them with an aid station every 10 miles. Uh, it's uh, pretty well supported, and uh, we also are got the unofficial station that's made us quite popular is the bacon station location it's uh, <laughs> kind of a hidden spot out there where there's a band playing um we've been doing bacon hand-ups for all the years since uh since the beginning we've had the bacon station and there's it's close to the end of the race kind of a little hoedown there's band like i say playing and uh, lots of support there they offer up uh, local uh 50 pounds of bacon is cured up so it's plenty for everybody and um there's a keg on course and such. So oh, between the so parade stations and, and the unofficial stations, they're pretty well taken care of. So you got uh, so you got beer handouts and and uh, bacon handouts for all those pro riders who who want it, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Pros and Joes and Schmoes. We all love bacon. It awesome. uh, makes us go around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's become quite popular. We've kind of found riders to start lingering there, so we kind of have to herd them out of there eventually. But uh, some guys fly through, even the top guys are looking for their bacon. They know it's there now, and uh, they always look forward to a bacon hand-up. Did you, did you say you had beer handouts out there, too? Yeah, certainly. Keg, of course. Oh, yeah. For those well, interested. Oh, man. Drink and I, ride you know, safely. I, yeah, most, most people probably don't think pros like myself drink beer on the course, but you know, I had one of my best experiences when I did it at Single Speed, single speed World Championships in Durango. Hey man, oh, I yeah. can tell you right now, it, it gives you a little, gives you a night. It takes a little, you know, it takes a little of the nerve. You know, if you get nervous on technical stuff, just take a beer, and you know, ten minutes, ten twenty minutes later, you're you're flying down the trails. <laughs> it heals what ails you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So sounds like a really cool event, and you know, I'm starting to understand now why it sells out every year. As I mentioned, I did hear about it last year. Didn't realize though there were beer and bacon handouts, which kind of sell more. <laughs> yeah, we've been more. doing that since day one. And we try to appeal to everybody, you know, like I said, you know, we got power meters and cash for the top riders. And like Todd said, since day one, since the first 5.0, our motto's been equal cash for men and women. Um, last year, we gave out 25000 in cash and prizes plus power meters. And uh, since day one, it's always been equal cash men and women, and they love it. So um, we've got some key ingredients. We've been uh, putting on races since uh, 1985 with the Ridge Riders and um had their help and lots of good examples over the years of how, what riders like, you know, beer, equal cash, just a good experience. But the, the key ingredient to whole 5.0 is definitely our course. 
Um, you know, we don't. That's the big emphasis for me is putting on this race is just to get riders out and enjoy a unique 50 mile loop as you experience with Tatanka. Um, there's great riding here and it's unique. The Colorado people are really embracing it and the whole Midwest. Uh, we're in the Midwest, but we're uh, pretty Western here in the Black Hills still. So um, I think that's some of the draw for people looking for a small town atmosphere. Uh, park your car for the weekend like any good venue and uh, enjoy um, the riding. There's stuff for the family and great camping right here in town. Nice. Nice. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about the course. What, uh, if for any, do you have any recommendations in terms of what someone might want to ride in terms of bike bike choice, uh, and also what if if they need, uh, you know, what kind of tires they might want to go with? Should they go with something pretty burly or or uh, more flat prone or or flat resistance? I say not flat prone, flat resistant. Or what are we looking at in terms of the course? Certainly, uh, I always recommend a mountain bike for this course first of all, and black <laughs> and round tires. Um, but. Uh, you know, you see a variety of trail conditions out there, and going tubeless, I'm pretty big on all the sidewall-protected tires here in the hills. We've got a lot of rocks. This course is uh, not so typical of the hills. It's not quite as rocky as some of the trails, but regardless, we do go through some rock gardens, and there's opportunities for slash sidewalls. Um, so I do always recommend I run those pretty consistently, some kind of reinforced uh, tubeless tire. And... Uh, you know, we have single speeders crushing it and big bikes crushing it. But, uh, you know, a hardtail, you can get by with the hardtail mountain bike on this just fine or a short travel. Um, you know, it's, it, it beats you up after some time on a hardtail, but uh, when you're conditioned for it, it's it's probably one of the faster bikes. But uh, um, I'm not sure if you've heard, but the salsa spearfish was designed around the Dakota 5 We have a bike named after this area, and I consider it one of the best, you know, a short travel, something to take the edge off the trail, and uh, a kind of endurance-designed uh, bike. Who makes that again? Salsa. salsa. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, have a, they named the bike after uh, our community, and some of the engineers were out here doing the Dakota 5 and... Uh, Several years back, went home with the idea to uh, design a bike kind of around endurance racing, a budget racing bike. And uh, I think if you put the right parts on it, it'll hang with any pro-level uh, bike. It's uh, it's called the Salsa Spearfish. If you look it up on Salsa Cycles, uh, Spearfish actually mentions, uh, they talk about our race and how they were uh, inspired to, to design this bike. So it's kind of a big deal to have a bike named after our little community here in Black Hills. Yeah, that's, that's a little something. You know, you don't hear... Uh... I think I, I was, uh, you know, I started racing in Florida. You don't ever hear of a bike called the Miami or anything. <laughs> no, and you hardly ever even hear of a spearfish other than maybe the 5 or some yeah. things if you're in a mountain bike. And or the Black Hills have a little reputation. But uh, it's definitely caught on over the years. And, um, you know, little things like that, I think, are some of the draw that uh, put us on the map. Good. Well, so talk to me. You know, I'm looking over your website, and you mentioned – you mentioned some uh you know some things going on after the race and one of the things that caught my mind was or caught my eye was um you have a Sunday evening after party at at uh Killian's Tavern you know what's uh you know what's going on with that is that obviously you know with being Labor Day weekend people have a little more time to spare that Sunday uh you know what can what, what can they look to do after after the race well, um, our after party at the venue, the finish and award ceremony is a party in itself. Like I said, four different bands playing and uh, the local brewery, Crow Peak Brewery. Um, so, you know, we've gone through several kegs down there. It kind of ails what, uh, or heals what ails you, so to speak. So 
um, that's a party in itself. And then uh, we wrap that up and move over to Killian's Tavern for, and uh, Killian's Tavern is kind of one of the sponsors of uh, the bacon station. He puts up all the bacon. He also has Barbacoa's uh, burrito shop here in town that serves all the food at the at the finish line for riders. So uh, we endorse him, and uh, he he hosts a good party at Killian's Tavern. We have a bike giveaway there that night, a couple different bikes, a PBR bike and a uh, fat tire bike to be given away that night. And he's got some bands playing, and just uh, a lot of the riders really embrace it. They come have a bike stack out front and just shenanigans go on, typical of mountain bikers that evening just a good time it's a good way to unwind and uh talk about the day's events and um trials and tribulations of of the single track nice so you know, talk to me a little bit more about you mentioned some of your sponsors earlier uh, obviously SRAM uh, and Quark being one of the major sponsors what who else do you have uh sponsoring the event and what what should people look out for in terms of um you know from the sponsors well uh like I said earlier the, the community of spearfish really embraces it uh just a lot of local sponsors. Um, you know, we have the the, commun- the visit Spearfish uh, Chamber and everybody endorsing it. Uh, Twin Six is one of our sponsors. The local brewery company, uh, White's Queen City Motors, uh, Strider Bikes, the little kids' bikes. They're actually made here in the Black Hills. Um, we have a kids' race. Strider is a big sponsor. Um, some of the local restaurants. And coffee shops are big on it. So uh, we're still grassroots, and we try to keep it that way. And uh, a lot of the community is really on board with it. And we also have some, you know, bike companies, like you mentioned, Quark and SRAM here in town. And uh, they re- they throw down a lot of prizes for the prize table. And, um, you know, the camping's good. So the campgrounds really uh, treat the riders right. There's several different campgrounds right here on the edge of town or right in the city park. That, uh, that embrace it, uh, you know, and Killian's Tavern and the Barbacoas, they're big sponsors as well. Nice. So what what do you expect, you know, I'm looking at some of the finish times last year, and I think uh, Cameron Chambers won it last year in 327.45. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty fast for a 50-mile race. What do you think, uh, you think he's, anyone's going to be able to break that time this year? Well, this is a unique year, you know. For uh, 12 years, we've ran it uh, clockwise, and uh, I wanted to throw a wrench in it for the 13th annual Dakota 50 on 2013. And my motto is, is it a blessing or curse? We're going to run it in reverse. <laughs> so uh, this is the first year and uh, that we've ran it counterclockwise just for the 13th annual thing, and it really flows good that way. But uh, it uh, it's going to put a little wrench in the time. So I'm thinking uh, the fastest times might be – uh, 10 or 15 minutes slower, but I might okay. end up eating those words. But I'm guessing the, the, the pros will be uh, 10 or 15 minutes slower. I'd love to be proved wrong, and I would suspect that uh, some of the guys in the back might be a half an hour longer or so. So it, it could add a little bit to it. It's a, you know, it's still a 50-mile race. It's still 7,000 feet of climbing, but, uh, you know, it just puts a wrench in it having to run it backwards for folks. So it'll it'll uh, It'll be different for sure. I just kind of like to break it up after 13 years, so we thought we'd do this. And some people really love it, and some people think it's harder. I went okay. on the course yesterday, and I, I really liked it. You know, about from the about, if you make it to the halfway point, coming back into town is going to be a hoot. A lot of flowing nice. single track right above, uh, Spear, right above Spearfish Canyon, looking down, and uh, some really good fast times through there. But uh, you'll have to earn your turns to get up to uh, the halfway point for sure. 
Okay. So, um, so, so for anyone who's, you know, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, this is already filled out this year. Uh, but for next year, what, uh, you know, what, when is registration open for people looking to do this next year uh, that are listening in? Well, the last couple of years we've opened registration on April 1st, no fooling. And uh, about 7 a.m. on April 1st, whether it's a Sunday or a Monday or whatever, we'll we'll just shoot for that day. And uh, it, it fills up pretty quick. Unfortunately, I hate that part. I, I consider going to a lottery and some of these fancy things. But uh, I kind of like to have the locals uh, get a little early start. If they help me out with trail work, they can get a VIP to, to avoid that. But, uh, you know, it's just the luck of the draw. I don't know if we'll go to a raffle or not. It's kind of become... Um, kind of get your name in the hat at 7 a.m., and it's kind of a lot of people crashed on a site. You know how racing has become lately. So it's a problem we never expected and not sure how to deal with, but we'll come up with a remedy. But April 1st will be the opening for it, and keep tuned to the website for any changes. We like to throw little wrenches in it, bacon station, or run it in reverse. But we'll see how people like it. Is it a blessing or a curse? I'm not sure if we'll go backwards next year or uh, regular routes. So. Nice. To see how so, uh, the 13th annual goes. Well, obviously you guys put on a great race since it fills up so fast. Uh, I think it kind of you know vouches for how well of a race you put on, and also where I think a lot of the uh, you know the whole cycling community is going more towards is these longer fun events where you know it's kind of like a you know party with beer on the course and bacon on the course and good aid stations and good music afterwards. I mean, it's just. Uh, it's just so much fun to have so many things going on other than just the race. And I think that brings such a, such a unique experience that you don't find in other, other events and other sports. Uh, but you do find in mountain biking racing, which is awesome. So, yeah. uh, I, I think it's great what you're putting on and, um, you know, you had a very good thing going on. Is there, is there yeah. anything, you know, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you wanted to, to bring up to, before we wrap it up? Well, I, I just like you said, I think that, you know, having the whole day, give, you know, people give up their whole day, and I always really appreciate that. And I think that, you know, from the history of the old school mountain bike races, making a day of it, the after party, that all adds up to me, keeping it a family event, keeping the grass and the roots, and um, appeasing to all different user types really, uh, really makes it uh, a good event. And uh, like you said, going to a longer course is, this is where I was inspired was uh, from the Laramie, from the, some of the first Laramie Enduros in 99 uh, is where I came back to the idea to make uh, an endurance-type event and uh, had to have all the key features that uh, appeal to all the different user types. So um, I think that is a lot of the success, and we'd like to continue to always do that. Good. Well, thanks again for coming on, Perry. You know, As I mentioned earlier, if anyone's interested in this race and they want to try to get into it next year or if you're you know, going to it this year, check out his website, www.dakota50.com. Do you have a Facebook uh, site, Perry? We do. You can link to it from the, the website. The Facebook page is uh, linked right on at the bottom of the homepage. And okay. we do disperse a lot of our information from uh, Facebook. So you're on that. Link into it. Nice. So, so anyone looking to do the race next year, you know, make sure you check into that and you know look for that April first, uh, April first day, so you can sign in and hopefully get registered before everyone else before it fills up. And it sounds like it fills up really fast, so make sure you have that day marked. Um, you know, thanks yep. again for coming on. Thanks for again for coming Put on. Putting the labor day. Putting the labor ahead. back in Labor Day weekend. Absolutely. So. You know, best best of luck with the with the event. Um, you know, I'll be looking for the results and looking for some of my 
friends and you guys I compete against uh, racing and seeing what kind of times they can put out. It'll be interesting seeing it go reverse. Uh, and hopefully I'll get over there soon and ride some of that trail. Uh, it's very cool that. So yeah, thanks again. Hope for to see you here, Drew. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, thanks again for coming on. Again, this is uh, I've got Perry Jewett from the Dakota Five O, which is an event happening the first. Um, and you know, stay tuned and try to get signed up next year if you're not signed up this year. Uh, this is uh, that's correct. Yeah, great. So again, this is uh, the Dirt with Drew Etzel on Mountain Bike Radio, presented by Pro Gold. Uh, you've been listening to that all day. We had Todd Sadow on earlier of Epic Rides, and and Perry's just finishing up with him right now. So thanks again for listening in. You can find more information on me on Facebook, Drew Etzel. You can also find us on mountainbikeradio.com, and you can also find us on Facebook under Mountain Bike Radio. So thanks for thanks for taking the time to come on, Perry. Appreciate it. And everyone else, listen, everyone else listening in, thanks. Have a good night, and thanks for listening in. Pedal power!